Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 hey. What up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you are listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. And make sure if you like the podcast, you tell a friend, you share the podcast, and wherever you find us, make sure you're definitely finding us at the Believe Podcast Network. That's B L E A V dot com. As always, my man Kevin Cleveland's running the show, engineering, producing. What's up, Kevin? How you doing, brother? Hey, Reg. Doing pretty darn good. Uh, yeah, in the dog days of spring here before uh, what, we got the NFL draft coming up next month. Actually, just in a few weeks. And uh, looking forward yeah. to that. Seeing where, where the yeah, teams man. go. Yeah, we got the NFL draft coming up. We're going to touch on a little bit of the NFL. The owners' meetings are going on this week. We're going to talk about Kevin Durant. He had an interview in The Athletic where he said some very poignant things that I want to touch on. But first up. So, uh, if you are a longtime fan of the show, you know around this time of the year, um, we have, and what everybody knows is we have what is called March Madness. But last year, I, I coined the term March Sadness. And I called it March Sadness because I didn't know who any of these damn players were. I don't know who these teams are because I don't watch college basketball anymore. Because why? Because there ain't no damn good players there, right? And so we get March Madness or what I call March Sadness. And you get all the way through all these little rounds and yada, yada, yada. And now we get to the Final Four. And I got a new term for the Final Four. And I call it Final Bore. Because I'm bored as hell of this tournament there is nothing here for me to see i mean i'll admit i got a little excited about kansas state because i like that mark marcus noel dude and uh the coach tang right they had a cool little thing going on noel was from 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 uh, new york and they was playing in Madison square garden and that dude had a bunch of flavor and he was fun little dude five eight eight never gonna see him in the nba but he was fun he was balling out there he was talking trash and when they got beat i had lost all interest in watching the rest of the Final Four. What we got here? We got we got San Diego State, a five seed. We got Florida Atlantic, a nine seed. We got Miami, University of Miami. Not the football team. The basketball team is in the Final Four. They're a five seed. And we got UConn, a four seed. The most notable name we have there is UConn and Miami, Florida. And I don't know anybody on any four of these teams. I couldn't name one player. And this is what we what people like to say we like. We want parody. Man, don't nobody want this. Who wants this? I just watched Jay Billis on ESPN talking about the Final Four matchup, and he didn't mention not one single player. All he talked about were the coaches and the teams. You lost me, dog. Lost me. Like, unless I'm 70, 80 years old, I don't care about no damn, hey, the team. They now He was talking about the team running a box-out drill. Bruh, that's the quickest way to lose anybody under 60 having some interest in this damn tournament. So nobody care about no damn box-out drills. That was the worst part of my practice when I played basketball, box-out drills. What, what are you doing talking about box-out on TV? That's how terrible this damn tournament has gotten. There is not one player playing in this Final Four there's an NBA draft lottery pick. Not one. What? Where is the fun in that? 
the most notable player in the Final Four is Caitlin Clark, and she plays in the Women Final Four. I'm going to watch that game. I got to find out who this white girl is that's just tearing up everybody's ass. I got to see this. And I've seen the highlights. She's a beast, and she be talking. I'm watching Caitlin Clark, although she's going up against South Carolina, and South Carolina got, got them dogs. They for real. For, they're undefeated. They're going for an undefeated season versus the AP College Women's Player of the Year. I'm watching that. I am not watching the men's Final Four. And I don't know what, they, well, I know what they do to fix this. And I've been talking about this online this week with people on, on Twitter, which is usually the worst place to talk to people because everybody, as soon as you make a point, they just want to start cussing at you and calling you all kind of names. And just basically not comprehending what you're saying or actually reading what you're talking about. And the problem with, with the NCAA, and I've been talking about this with the NCAA, I've been talking about it with, with football, I've been talking about the basketball. The schools have to be able to pay the players. The schools have to want to pay the players. This NIL thing ain't fixing the problems. All it is is kicking the can down the road so that the schools don't actually have to come out of the pocket to pay the players. I mean, NIL, all it is is just a bunch of boosters. They gave boosters a new name. It's called NIL. So now we got this collective and we got this name for it where basically this is how it's been going forever. The boosters give these kids the money. They come to our school. Now we call it NIL. But we could kill all this madness. You know, Okay, hold on. The best, the number one pick in the draft is going to be that that Victor uh, Mbingwan. You know, I don't even know how to say the dude's last name, right? The, the seven-foot dude who's supposed to be able to play on the perimeter and do all this stuff. I don't even think he's that great, but he's he's an international guy. He's from France, right? Number two pick is supposed to be uh, Scoop, and that dude plays for G League Ignite, and he is the truth, right? He should be in college, but he's not because he wanted to go to G League Ignite and make some real money while playing against professionals. And learning the game, right? So he's going to come out and he'll be drafted this year. The third overall pick is supposed to be a dude from Overtime Elite. One of the, uh, I guess, a Thompson twin. And the fifth overall pick is supposed to be another dude, his brother, from Overtime Elite. Right? So you've got the best players not playing college basketball. They're playing in leagues where they're getting paid to go play. They're earning a salary. They're not having to go to school. They're able to do what the hell they want to do. When it, If you allowed Kentucky and Duke to pay players to come there, let the schools pay, we would open up a free market. Then we could actually let these do, we could actually see the competition again. Because if Kentucky and Duke can pay players to come there, Overtime Elite ain't going to be able to keep all them dudes. They're actually gonna go to school. They'll come to Duke if you're gonna pay them. You're gonna pay them five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand. They're coming. You're gonna pay them a meal. They're coming. But we want to keep up this facade that these guys aren't employees. They're they're student athletes, Bruh, This is work. This is work, and almost all those dudes are there to play basketball and then play basketball somewhere else. They are not there to become a biochemist. They are not there to become a doctor. They are not there to become no damn botanist. These dudes are there to ball and get the hell out. Stop faking the funk. Just let the schools pay the players.
it would end all this madness. We would not have this whack ass Final Four. And and it's not even like we're getting like it would be exciting. I would actually be excited to see there's drama there if it was a 16th seed or 15th seed or 14th seed, right? The lowest seed we got is a nine. That's the middle of the damn tournament. That's that's the middle. Basically, we got a middle-ass tournament. We got four or five, we got one four seed, two five seeds, and a nine seed. That's just a middling-ass tournament. We got no number ones, and we got no number 16 or 15s. That, that's where the drama is. If we could get that, I would watch. If we had the ones, I would watch because that would mean we have the most talented teams playing. Right now, we got the luckiest teams playing. Dudes who just happen to have a good day. I mean, Alabama lost and just didn't look good. Houston lost, didn't look good at all. And these were the number one, number two teams all throughout the year. And they just weren't hot on a day day they needed to be hot. So we get punished to have to watch this whack-ass tournament because... I just, this is not fun. They've got to fix this thing. Nobody outside of San Diego cares about San Diego State being in the damn Final Four. I don't even know where Florida Atlantic is. It's in Florida, but there's a bunch of places in Florida I would never want to be. So y'all got to tell me where this is at. Miami, I know where that's at. I I like Miami, Florida. That's that's dope. Coral Gables, I, I can get down with them. UConn. Like, I know UConn. I've seen UConn. And UConn, quite kept. I mean, they're one of the real blue blood teams in our damn, in, in the damn, in our NCAA. I mean, it's UConn, Kentucky, Duke, UCLA. Like, those are the damn programs. Or Kansas. But, ah, I just, I just have no interest all gone. And it's been that way for years. Like, I don't even watch, I, I literally do not watch a single regular season college game. Because it don't matter. It just, you, you can see this now, it just doesn't matter. Houston and Alabama were 1-2 all year long, and it didn't even matter. We get to the tournament, and they mess around and lose to UConn. You know what I'm saying? They mess around. <laughs> like, what? San Diego State, What? This is just, it's just not, it's just not the fun. And I don't know any of these guys. It would be different if there was some like great player on these teams that you wanted to watch and follow. But when Marquise Noel went out, we lost that. So we're slowly, the the train is slowly coming. It's coming. Eventually we're going to get to a spot where they're going to just allow these dudes to be treated as employees or the NBA will lift this one and done rule that they have and just allow dudes to come straight from high school. And I know the NBA owners don't like that because they want to protect against themselves. They want to get an extra year of tape on a dude before they draft him. They want to get an extra year of experience under this dude before they have him in their league because you're only going to get to have him for about six, seven years, and then he's a free agent and he's bouncing. So you might not have him at his prime or his when he reaches his potential. I understand that. But at the same time, man, something's got to give for both of these entities, three of these entities, the players, NCAA, and the NBA. Something's got to give. And what usually isn't being given to is the player. Pay him. Be back after the break. NBA playoffs heating up. Woo, it's bad. NBA is so fun right now. And I'm so happy that I'm able to actually focus 
on NBA because, you know, NFL takes up so much of your time, so much of your bandwidth. It's just always – NFL is year, is year-round. There's something going on year-round. They are brilliant at keeping themselves in the public eye. Talking, They're not even playing games, and we've been talking about the NFL. It's leading the story almost every day on all the major shows. NFL is leading because they've done such a great job of implanting themselves in our brain, in the zeitgeist. They are there every single day. But the NBA, man, it's getting good. Last night, uh, the Celtics molly-whopped <laughs> the Bucks, And... I didn't take nothing from it, right? They beat them by like 40 points. But if you look at that game, I mean, the Bucks were coming off. I think they played four games in five nights. That's a, uh, that's, that's a lot, man. Like, you got to give them – come on, right? <laughs> they were due to get beat down, especially they're playing against the number two seed in, in, in the conference. This was, this was a schedule loss, right? It was just a schedule loss, and I don't take anything into it. I still think the Bucks – are the best team in the NBA, you know what I'm saying, when they're completely healthy. I don't think anybody's beating Giannis, uh, Middleton, and Drew Holiday, who just dropped 50 the other day while Giannis dropped a 38-point triple-double. Good Lord. I just I just had to take a moment, too, and, and think about Giannis when I, was, when I saw that. Like, I remember two, three years ago, I remember arguing with my friends in, in a group chat, and these dudes are all just hating on this because people start to hate on, it becomes an optics thing. And I was telling people, Giannis is the best player in the NBA. I mean, he's the MVP for a reason. Man, he ain't got no moves. He can't, he can't shoot. I don't care. The goal is to get the ball in the bucket, and he just does it. And he plays defense. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how it looks for somebody scoring. Just score and stop people from scoring. That's all I want you to do as an NBA player. And Giannis does it better than anybody right now. But, man... When you look at these matchups that are possibly coming, the Eastern Conference Finals, I mean, we're going to end up getting Bucks celtics I mean, I just, I, I, unless the Sixers can find a way to get past the Celtics because they're the third seed right now and they're probably pretty much locked in there. The Cavaliers are the fourth. I don't see them when it all comes down. I mean, there's some excited matchups coming coming down the, 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 you know, down the schedule. But really, it's the top four in the East and then everybody else. I mean, it'll be nice to see the Heat versus, you know, the 76ers. If the Heat can get up to the sixth seed, that would be cool. But, you know, the Knicks will be a nice little matchup with the Cavaliers. That'll be fun to watch. I mean, two real, you know, defensive-minded teams with some dope scores on the squad. I would love to see that. Um, the Nets, yeah, it don't even matter. I mean, they got some wins, but that's not going to matter. The Hawks, don't matter. Uh, you know, the rest of the teams that are playing, Raptors, Bulls, Wizards, yeah, mm, nobody, nobody cares. All it's about is the Bucks, Celtics, 76ers, Cavaliers, and I can't wait to see Bucks, Celtics in the East Conference Finals. I think that's what the matchup is going to be, and it will be explosive. Seven games. Man, if you remember last year, the Celtics won in Game Seven, and they played that whole series with no Middleton. The Bucks did not have Chris Middleton, their second best player, for the whole series, and still took him to seven. I can't wait to see that. And over in the West, man. My Lakers looking good, dog. Lakers look good, dog. They're deep. The Lakers are nine, nine are are nine deep. And in the playoffs, all you ever really do is usually go about seven, seven, maybe eight. The Lakers got nine dudes who could reasonably play in the playoffs. They got LeBron back, and LeBron just had basically a month off. 
it's feeling kind of like the bubble when LeBron got all that time off when we had the pandemic going on, and then he came back and he was like, uh, the start of a brand new season, nice and fresh. He just got a month off. Anthony Davis is playing like a monster, and I wish that people would stop with this narrative about Anthony Davis. Every time people are always sending me memes about he street clothes, this or that, or he saw dog that dude balls. He's a beast when he wants to be. Sometimes he does not show up and he doesn't go hard. But when that dude shows up and is balling, he is one of the top five players in the NBA. Period. End of discussion. You got So you got two top 10 NBA players on the team. And when they want to be, Anthony Davis is top five. I still think LeBron James can be top five when he, when he wants to be. He don't play D like he used to. He, don't, he ain't explosive as he used to be. But his court savvy and just being the GOAT just gives him an, a, an, an era of being a top five player when he's out there on the floor. You add D'Angelo Russell to that team. D'Angelo Russell is perfect with this team to play off ball. He he's also he plays on ball, but he also plays off ball. And that dude spotting up in a corner and on a wing for a three when AD and, and LeBron are getting double teamed, and you got LeBron, who's the best passer in the NBA anyways, oh, my God. Now you got Austin Reeves. This dude has turned into a damn monster. And it's just amazing what confidence can do for some dudes, right? He is, I'm watching him out there, and he doesn't look like he should be doing, look, you know what Austin Reeves is? Austin Reeves is that white dude that used to come into 24-hour fitness. Um, he'd have on some Converse, you know what I'm saying? He might even be wearing some jean shorts, some jorts, some jorts and a tank top. And you're like, man, I ain't picking this dude. <laughs> and you're looking past everybody but him. And then he finds a way to get on the court, and that dude yams on you. That's Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves is the unassuming white dude. And the reason we unassume that he's any, that we assume that he ain't no good is because he's white. That, that's it. I mean, basically, I'll just say it. We look at him and you think, man, this white boy ain't going to do nothing. And that white boy is out there balling. Balling. And he's going to get paid, too. He's going to get paid. This It's one of the rare instances where the fan favorite, right? Because the hustle white dude is usually always the fan favorite. But this is a rare instance where the hustle white dude is a beast. For being like, I mean, and he's not, it's not like Austin Reeves is ever going to be a top 10 player in the NBA. He just does everything you need a player to do. Like, that dude's going to go get buckets for you. There were stretches when LeBron was out where he was playing point guard. He was running the offense. He was taking the ball and getting fouled and going to the free throw line and sinking him. He was taking the last shot. This dude was doing everything and it was he wasn't even scared of the moment. I love it. I love Austin Reeves. Vanderbilt. Oh, my God. The Lakers got... <laughs> okay, so you got Vanderbilt playing at, at small or power forward, guarding the best, the other team's best perimeter player. You got LeBron. You got AD. And then, coming off the bench, when he gets back, you got Mo Bamba. That's a big right there to, to match up with Jokic. And with Jokic, I... And I've said this before. I'll say it again. Jokic is amazing as a regular season player. He should not be a three-time MVP because what are we doing? He's very dope. He's not special enough to be a game changer for you when it comes to the playoffs. I said that about him, and I said that about James Harden. James Harden in the regular season is nice. When you can draw them fouls and shoot them step backs and do all that stuff, yo, that's fine in the regular season when you ain't playing the best defenders seven games in a row. Jokic is going to have to play dog defenders seven times in a row. 
Can he get you past them? And the answer that we've seen, because he hasn't made it out of the second round of the playoffs his entire career. The answer has been no. And I think the answer continues to be no because he just isn't that athletic or special enough to make a difference when everybody's good. The same way with James Harden, just not good enough to make a difference when everybody is good. And most of the guys that you're going to be playing against are a step faster, a step stronger, a step more athletic. So I have no faith in the Nuggets. I don't have no faith in the Grizzlies. Like I like them. As much as I hate Dylan Brooks, I like Dylan Brooks because he's fun, right? Just talking trash and seeing him out there dueling with people and and and, and meddling with people, even though he's a dude that, that hit people in the nuts, I'll never respect him. I just like him being out there. The Kings, no, I don't, I don't believe this. I don't believe it. They play all this offense and zero defense. When they get to the playoffs, this is going to be a wrap. They're going to get wrapped. The game's going to slow down. It's going to be a wrap. The Clippers lost Paul George. Done. The Warriors, up and down. If you get them on the road, they're a wrap. You get them at home, yeah. The Lakers right now are the ninth seed. Possibly could move up to the sixth seed, seventh seed, if they win out the rest of these games. I don't see a team in the West that the Lakers can't beat to get to the finals. I don't see one team that's so dominant that it's impossible. And a healthy Laker team with all the pieces they acquired – I feel like they could make a run. And there's one team I didn't mention because I want to talk about them last is the Phoenix Suns. And I like the acquisition of of Kevin Durant, who we're going to talk about in just a second. I like that, but what they gave up was so much to get him. You gave away Mikael Bridges, who's your best perimeter defender. You gave away Cam Johnson, who was a big power forward, who shot threes and stretched the floor for you. You lost Jay Crowder. Like, that's so much to have given away for Kevin Durant, who just missed 10 games when he got to you, right? Like you have to depend on Kevin Durant to be healthy, which is not a thing that you can really depend on at this at this point in time in his career. And, and you got to depend on CP3 to, to be healthy, which you've never been able to depend on that, depend on him to be healthy in his entire career, especially when it came to the playoffs. Durant, you got to depend on DeAndre Ayton, who finds ways to disappear. I don't know how, but that dude is a magician. He finds ways to disappear, especially in the playoffs. But I want to talk about Kevin Durant because he recently had an uh, an interview with uh, Sham Sharnia of The Athletic, and he was talking about, you know, legacy and not caring what people think anymore. And I found it really interesting to read what, what he said. And, and here's, here's many one of the quotes, right? I don't care about legacy. I used to. I used to want to carve out a lane or space in this game for myself that people can remember. But it's become too much of a thing now. It just becomes too much of a focus on other people. What he's done, what he's done, comparisons. Before, when we wasn't doing all this debating, I cared about it. I'm about to be in the same breath as these top guys. It was big. Nowadays, I truly, truly don't care. I truly just want to go out there and produce, be the best I could be, go home, hang with my family. That's it. And I love that statement. I think it's so dope and it's so like, it's so, it's so interesting to hear how he sees this and the the growth and the mature maturation of Kevin Durant, right? 
and I've been I've been noticing this about him. He so does not like talking to the media. Why? Because I think he's tired of what the media has become. He says it right there. It's become too much of a thing now, right? Dog, I don't have to play so that I could get more titles than Michael Jordan. I can play basketball just because I love playing basketball and I'm good at it. Like, to me, Kevin Durant sounds like a dude, and I said this on Twitter and it resonated with a lot of people. It's, 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 it's been crazy. Kevin Durant is basically everybody that's ever had a job except he has the leverage to leave said job anytime it's not fun anymore. He's the American dream. That is the American dream, right? He's got the leverage to say, fuck this job. I don't need it, right? And he's so great that somebody else will take him. He's got the, he's got the leverage to be able to tell himself, you don't have to keep showing up to Golden State if you don't like it there no more. Get out of there. Send me somewhere else. You, he's got enough leverage to say, yo, Brooklyn, I'm done with this experiment. I want to go somewhere else. Send me somewhere else. And they have to do it. That is, the dude is in control of what he wants. He's in control of how he feels. And he's not out here. And who cares if he's out here clapping back? I keep hearing these sports these sports reporters, too, talk about, well, Kevin Durant is out here on, on Twitter talking to nobodies. Who the hell are you to call anybody a nobody? This is social media. People have been given this platform. They want to talk. They want to interact. So so what if Kevin Durant likes to clap back at people on the internet? That's, dog, he's out there clowning. That's fun. We do this every day in the barbershop. When somebody says something stupid, you clown them. Kevin Durant is giving these people that experience that everybody wants. Everybody wants to be in a part of a roasting session. Everybody wants to be able to talk to their favorite athlete and have them say something back. So why would you behoove him for doing so? And yeah, it sucks that he was using a burner to do that. And he had to learn, right? He was younger thinking, damn, I can't be doing this with my name. But now he's putting his name on it now because the dude evolved and grew. And we're still calling him and clowning him for what he did back then. And it's not a problem that some people don't want this legacy thing to be all-encompassing. They don't want it to be everything they think about. That's for the that's for Skip Bayless. That's for Shannon Sharp. That's for 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 Stephen A. Smith for them to talk about that stuff. These players don't have to do that. And I think it's dope that somebody can say, "Yo, I'm, I cut out all that noise. I don't care. I don't care what you guys think about my championships with Golden State. All I care about is playing the best ball I can play possible." going home, eating good, chilling with my family. That's it. I mean, that's what, why wouldn't we all strive to be where Kevin Durant is right now? And there's going to be, of course, there's going to be people that come out and just hate on him. Man, he's soft. He don't care about no championships. Dog, he's won championships. Yeah, but he did it with the words. I don't care. He won. I don't care. He won. Now, if we want to talk about on the court, we want to, if, and that's what we do, having podcasts and having shows and analyzing. Yeah, we're going to talk about, do we think this player is better than this or whatever? That's for us to do, right? And if I, I can say that. I think LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. I don't think Kevin Durant's on his level. But I could never be mad at Kevin Durant for saying, I don't give a damn what anybody thinks about it. Of course, why, why should you? <laughs> I'm not changing your bills. I'm not changing your pay. I'm not changing anything. I love this thing from Kevin Durant. And I wish more people would get to this space in their personal lives and in their, 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 their business lives. Yo, get to the point where you stop listening to outside noise and caring about what people think about you. Because really, at the end of the day, 
people don't care as much as you think they do. They really don't. And Kevin Durant, I think, is getting to that point where, yo, these people don't do anything for my life, actually. What happens for me is about my family, my teammates, and how happy I am doing what I'm doing. And he's living. So props to you, Kevin Durant, the American dream. Back after the break. All right. So we've had the NFL player meet, NFL owner meetings in Scottsdale, Arizona this week. And there's been a bunch of stuff that's been coming up. You know, most recently, uh, the NFL, they were trying to propose uh, they were going to vote on whether or not they were going to allow the the league to flex Sunday games to Thursday, right? There's already a, a plan in place that each team can play no more than two Thursday games. Why? Because it's a short week, and if you care about player safety, you shouldn't have these dudes getting into car crashes, <laughs> car crashes, and then having to do it again four days later. Right. That, that kind of is a, a, a conflict of interest if you actually say you care about the players. Right. And now you're going to add a third game for some of these dudes. That would be insane. Why would you do that? That they so they tabled that because people w- lost their minds when they were talking about. It. So they said, oh, we're going to table that. W- but don't think they're not going to bring it back because they're going to be right. And why would they want to flex games to Thursday? Because Thursday games are so stupid. They want to try to get the better matchups on Thursday games and Amazon gave them a whole bunch of damn money. Say like, yo, Amazon, we sorry we gave you all these boo-boo games last year. Let me see if we can spice it up for you. But hell no. These teams are like, no, dog, no. And NFLPA is not going to go for that. So good for them for tabling it. I hope the NFLPA keeps fighting that damn thing. We've had more Lamar news all week. It's literally every day that people are coming on here talking about it and I just don't understand. Well, I do understand, but I want to break down for people who are listening, right? I just want to tell you guys, make sure you understand what I'm saying here and understand what people are not telling you. Lamar Jackson has all the leverage in this situation here, okay? Let me explain to you why he has all the leverage. Lamar Jackson does not have to play football ever again. That is the leverage, okay? Like, like Lamar Jackson does not have to play football anymore if he doesn't want to. That's leverage right there. Lamar Jackson has come out and told the Ravens. He said that he, he told them March 2nd, right? And it's just has been come out as news this week that he, he told them he wanted to be traded. That is more leverage because now the Ravens, when they try to trade him, if they did want to trade him, now he suppressed the market for himself even more than what people want to say. There's really no market out there for him. There's no market out there for him because no team is going to negotiate for the Ravens right now, right? Unless they can say, they can come up with it, they can talk to Lamar and say, yo, Lamar, this is how much we'll give you. We want to get you here. Will you sign this offer sheet? And then let's take it back to the Ravens, right? Because then Lamar has to sign that tag before they can do any kind of deals. And he wouldn't sign that tag unless he had something in place. So, Lamar Jackson doesn't have to play football again. Lamar Jackson doesn't need the Ravens as much as the Ravens need him. I was to remind you, Lamar Jackson won the NFL MVP unanimously in 2019. In 2020, they went to the playoffs, lost. In 2021, he had them in first place in the AFC. 
got injured, missed the last six games. They didn't make the playoffs. This year, he had them in first place in the AFC North, got injured, missed the last five games. They, were, they still got into the playoffs and lost that first game to the Bengals where if they had Lamar Jackson, they would have won the damn game. Lamar has played on a contract of, as the 32nd pick in the draft. He's made little to no money for the first four years of his career, right? Little to no money. One to one to four million dollars each year he's been in the league for the first four years. Last year was the first year he made any real money. And people want to say, oh, he should have said it. He should have never played last year. Are you crazy? That was the first year he was ever going to make real money worth anything close to his value. He won the MVP of the NFL making three million dollars. And so his fifth year that they've paid, they picked up his fifth year option and paid him $23 million last year. He had to play to go get that money. And as soon as any kind of injury concern came up without having a real contract, you know what the hell he was going to do and anybody with half a brain was going to do? Shut it down. Shut it down. He had a PCL tear. Lamar Jackson, greatest ability is being the is being the fastest player on the field for both teams when he's playing. Why in the hell would he play on a damaged PCL? What 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 sense would that make? Why would you, why would you want him out there? Because if he does play and then he can't do what he does, then people will call him selfish. Man, he shouldn't be out there. He can't even be himself. It's just almost a no win. So he has to win for himself and say, "I'm not gonna play. I'm gonna sit this thing down until I'm 100. Plus, y'all ain't paid me." You could have given me my deal. I need people to understand how much money $23 million is. Okay? I've never made a million in a year. I've never made more than 200000 in a year. And I'm okay. You give me $23 million in a year? I, you, you, I think people, when you, you, we start to hear about all these contracts and this astronomical money, and we start to think of it as not even real money. $23 million is a lot of money. More money than that dude has ever seen in his life. Ever seen in his life. In one year, he made more money than he's ever made in his entire life. He does not have to do this. He can sit out and wait this thing out. And if you're the Ravens, why the hell would you do this? They're losing leverage by the moment because... He has to sign a $32 million franchise tag if, if, they want, if he wants to play and they want him to get there, right? He doesn't have to show up until week 10 of the season. So this would work if it was a running back or a wide receiver or a defensive lineman. The team, that's fine. Those guys aren't the leader of your franchise. They've got a brand new offensive coordinator that they need to get Lamar working with and all the other players on their team. Every day he's not there going to OTAs, meeting with the coaches. They're, going, they're behind. You think they're going to win any games if Lamar Jackson doesn't show up till week 10, which is when he finally has to show up to sign that deal because it's there. All he has to do is show up week 10, sign the deal, and then he could play one game and then decide, oh, my hip hurt, and I'm done. That's the game he can play because they're playing games with that dude in his future. He has all the leverage. And what happens when Lamar shows up and signs that deal in week 10 and then decides he don't want to play the rest of the season because he got a little nicked up? 
it starts all over again next year. So the Ravens are going to do this for two years? And and basically be non-competitive just because they want to spite this dude or not pay him the money? And I told you guys this a year ago. This is the dumbest move possible. They should have paid that dude last season. Hell, they should have paid him two seasons ago. But now here we are, and they look dumber and dumber, and they're losing leverage by the moment. They need to give that man exactly what he's asking for or simply just trade him. Just trade him. And there's a bunch of teams that he should go to that should want him. Hell, if he goes to the Colts right now, right now, they're Super Bowl contenders. Because Lamar Jackson makes everybody's job easier. The receivers all of a sudden are a step more open. The running backs have more room to run because those linebackers and D linemen got to be worried about Lamar Jackson. Those offensive linemen instantly become better because they get an extra second because one second, those D linemen got to think about staying in their, in their lanes to make sure Lamar Jackson ain't going to get outside of them. He makes everybody's job easier. The Colts, Jonathan Taylor, oh my God. If Jonathan Taylor had a, a, a great quarterback there, that backfield is insane. The receipt Colts should be doing that. And, and especially the Colts, because the draft is shaking out to where the Colts are going to be picking the third quarterback there. Now, do they love that third quarterback or are they just settling for somebody that's going to drop to them, right? who's probably going to be Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. Now, if you're the Colts, you're not taking Anthony Richardson at number four because that dude should not be playing for at least a year or maybe even two. You need to sit him and get him to learn and learn the, the football game. He's raw. He's got a bunch of dope skills and, and you know talent, but he's not ready to be an NFL quarterback. He's, the Josh, he's Josh Allen with a little bit more melanin, a lot more melanin. He needs to sit a year and learn. The Texans, if the Texans don't get, who, who do the Texans really love? Do the Texans love Bryce Young or do they love C.J. Stroud? Because they're picking number two. So if the Panthers come up there and take the guy that they actually love, are the Texans just going to fall back and say, well, we didn't get the guy we love. We'll take no. Or do they go and make a trade and say, yo, we'll give you the picks. Let's get Lamar Jackson. Right? With, 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 come on now. With uh, who's, who's D'Amico Ryan's over there coaching. That defense, you you know he's going to be about getting a real good running game, right? The Falcons should have been the trade for him, but Arthur Blank came out talking about, well, you know, Lamar's been injured, and, you know, in our game it really matters, and, you know, we just don't we could pay somebody. Dog, you were about to pay Deshaun Watson, who missed a whole year because he tore an ACL. Deshaun Watson has already missed more games in the NFL than Lamar Jackson has an entire career. You paid Michael Vick, who missed a whole year of being injured. Just come out and say you don't want to. You don't want to do the guaranteed contracts. Don't 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 mess around with that. At least Jim Irsay was saying, "Yo, well, guaranteed contracts ain't for us. Oh, it's gonna be. The train is coming on these guaranteed contracts. I'm telling y'all, it's going to happen. And that's why it's so important what Lamar's doing. But the other team that's kind of been talked about recently is the Patriots. And Bill Belichick was getting raked over the coals this week because somebody asked him about, you know, how should people feel? Should they have any optimism for the Patriots' upcoming season? And why should they have any optimism? And he said, oh, the past 25 years. And er, that's not what Bill Belichick is ever preached it's not what he's supposed to be about. Like, no, we no, you update your resume in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we ain't trying to care about the last 25 years. The last three years, y'all been boo-boo. And the craziest thing is people have been 
talking about Bill Belichick like, you know, is Bill Belichick just not, is he under the hot seat? Is he just not a good coach? Bruh, he's, he's the greatest coach the NFL has ever seen. The only problem is the Patriots went from having arguably the greatest quarterback of all time to having a dude right now, a Mac Jones, who will not get a second contract from them. It's that simple. Mac Jones is not good. He's a placeholder, and the Patriots need somebody to uplift them, just like every team needs a quarterback who is amazing to lift them up. Go get Lamar Jackson. You get Lamar Jackson, the Patriots instantly are contenders again. Instantly. Everything changes. And it would be so amazing to see him there. Even though I don't want, I want to see Lamar go. I would love to see Lamar go play for a dome team. I would love to see Lamar in Detroit. I would love to see Lamar in a warm weather city. San Francisco, Miami. But it's interesting, man. Things are, things are cracking. Things are going down. The NFL is just, ah, it's always on our brain. But, yo, you've been listening to I'm Probably Right. I'm Reggie Watkins. Thank you for listening. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment. Please don't be hating. My man Kevin Cleveland's run the show, engineering, producing. Wherever you find your podcast, make sure you find us at Believe.com. B-L-E-A-V.com. Tell a friend. Share it. We out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.